0: Welcome back to the Suru's podcast. In the last episode, we heard of Guru Harguman's martial training there in Kirtarpur in Dwabba. So, this Kirtarpur is not in Pakistan, not the one associated with Guru Nanak, but in another city established by Guru Arjandevji outside of Jalandhar in the Dwabba region. So, chapter 25 now begins describing how Guru Harguman would go into the forest consistently, daily, mounted up with his warriors. They would test out their skills and practice their weapons killing countless animals in the forest they would kill those animals like tigers etc who were great enemies to the other animals like cows buffaloes and eliminating any fear that those animals now had so these animals now would have their fear removed they would go into the forest without any worry of tigers the men who were taking these animals in now to pasture in the forest were also made fearless they would go into the forest in the early morning and they would come out at night free Have any fear of getting attacked by a tiger also the thieves and thugs in that area they all got frightened as well knowing guru hargobind and his army were there so all the people of the village would recite blessed blessed are you guru hargobind the guru's kingdom is like living in satar it's like living in the age of truth and everybody smartened up they all left behind any ill will or deceit all because of the fear they had for the guru through this, now the entire region of Dwabba had swelled up in praise of the Guru, in villages, even in the big cities. Many warriors would come in front of Guru Hargobind to join their ranks, these warriors who knew the science of warfare well. One day, the divine Bhagwan Guru Hargobind took with him his army along with Khan to a garden for a stroll. They saw how beautiful the trees were there. Looking up, it looked like beautiful blue clouds that spread over that area and looking at the blue mountains all around. Looking down, there were very large flowers with red petals, some were yellow, some were white. It was as if there was just garlands of flowers on the ground. It was as if there were countless different colors merged in this beautiful blue mountain. So, a little side note here, when you look at mountains from a distance, they appear as blue due to some limitations of our eyes. So that's why they're mentioning here Blue Mountain. Guru Hargaman himself was like a tiger roaming around in this garden. The Guru's eyes were dark like the night sky. Guru Hargaman, like the moon, was illuminating the garden, going towards the very fragrant flowers. Guru Hargaman was just strolling along, very slowly, enjoying all the sights around the south side of this mountainous area. In the background, you could hear sounds of peacocks calling out, and all the vegetation and flowers there looked so glorious and beautiful the trees too were so varied there were lemon orange trees just filled with juice ripe to the full there were large jaman or indian plum trees and mango trees there as well there were peaches guavas yellow jasmine trees pomegranate trees and other types of jasmine shrubs all of which had such beautiful fragrance the sixth then laid out some sheets where Guru then sat down in great bliss. He held a divan, a court session there in the garden with all his warriors, Pandit Khan, sat close to the Guru. Guru Hargoband then requested the Sikhs to bring out a chopar board to play. And he sat down with Pandit Khan right in front of him. So a chopar board is like a board game they used to make out of fabric. You would play with dice and little pawns, sometimes shells, are very many variations of this chopar game. So at that point, Guru Harguman and Khan both started playing this board game. They really enjoyed throwing dice, moving their parts, their men all along the board. For some time, they played this game. Eventually, Guru Harguman beat Khan. At that point, a minister came and stood there. He wanted to meet with Guru Harguman. For some task, the Emperor Shah Jahan sent him with some troops. His task being to mount up and ride against some local king uh, warlord. Which he did with his troops, but in that vicious battle where rifles shot off and swords were used and clashed, he lost his forces badly. Many of his troops were killed. The rest fled with him. They ran back to Lahore, to Shah Jahan, and cried in front of the emperor, who was so angry at them, hearing that they had lost the battle. So the emperor just over and over again cursed this minister. He said, you have no honor at all. You ran away, and now you'll come and stand in front of me? You coward, you should get the... You should get out of here. You should go very far and don't ever come in front of my eyesight again. So understanding this minister as a coward, Shah Jahan kicked this guy out. He didn't allow him to keep service anymore in the Mughal Empire. So this guy, this minister with his forces, they were quite in a sad state. They all desired to come see Guru Hargavan. The minister, he had a sword and shield strapped to him. He was just standing there near Guru Harguman. But he also had such arrogance and pride in his heart. This minister who had fled from the battlefield. Guru hargobind was sitting there and he understood that this minister, this person was just struck with ego, arrogance and pride. But also recognized that this guy was a coward. Guru hargobind just kept playing. He didn't even look over at this guy. The Guru just kept playing, moving his pieces, throwing the dice. The arrogant minister was thinking, well, what's Going on here, when will the Guru just look at me? At that point I'll say hello, he'll greet me, and I'll sit down. So that guy kept thinking this, and Guru Hadguman kept ignoring him. (laughs) Eventually that batan, that minister, he just got so angry, he was thinking, man, I should just take out my sword and strike at Guru Hadguman, just chop his head off. Forget about him respecting me, he's not even looking over at me, not even once. So this batan, this khan was thinking this and looking at Guru Hargobin and Guru Hargobin understood all of it. At that point, he looked over and said, you call yourself a warrior? But where you had to show your warrior prowess, from there you had fled. Where you had to really put metal to metal, there you showed your back. Where you had to kill the enemy at that place, you swelled up with fear. It behooves you to show humility in front of a fakir, a holy man. And there now you have a desire to pick up a sword? For it behooves you to swell up with anger when you're fighting enemies. But you're thinking about killing a Fakir? That's like killing one of your own family members. An enemy is one who takes away happiness and peace from you in this world. And a Fakir is one who holds on to peace and happiness in this world and the next. Where you had to fight with pride, you got scared. And now you're cocky in front of a Fakir? You're holding on to your sword like you're gonna kill a Fakir. In the house of the Guru, there is no place for arrogance and pride. Only if one is selfless, without any pride or ego, then the Guru is pleased. The Khan, the Prattham, the minister who was listening to this, he just immediately went into shock. He was wondering how the Guru knew all of this. So he immediately was humbled. He clasped his hands together and he bowed down to the Guru and said, O oh Guru Hargobind, you are the holder of all miracles. I did not understand this. I had anger swell up in my heart. Please forgive me. You are the powerful one, the one suited for both miri and piri, both the temporal and the spiritual realms of power. Please forgive my faults. Understand me as a servant of your lotus-like feet. Please forget all this. Now please listen to my requests. Your servants are always imbued with their mistakes, but you are the pir. You are the holy man who forgives them all. Guru Hargobind saw how humble and desperate he was, so he sat him close at that point Guru Hargobin made him his Sikh and gave him instructions saying in front of all the fakirs you should always have humility. When you go to see the saints, you should always forego, get rid of one's pride. You should go to serve them and obtain peace that way. So from now on always remember, meditate on the true Guru that you will not be thrown into the womb of reincarnation again. The Khan then became a Sikh in this way. Guru Hargobin played some more Chopra, and after winning, the Guru got up. They went back to their camp. The Khan, the Pratan minister also followed with his troops. The Guru supplied them all with food and supplies and stayed there for about two days. They grasped great love for the Guru in their heart. They would day and night praise the Guru, and within their mind, they would think of the virtues of the Guru. Guru Harguman at some point then called over the minister, the leader of the troops, to uphold his nature of the nurture of the poor. Guru Hargobun said, Khan, you should go back to your home now. You will obtain that Mansab, that title that which you originally had within the empire. The exalted Guru Nanak has forgiven you, and your life will now go back to how it was before. The Khan, the minister, he heard this and he was just overjoyed. He over and over again bowed down at the lotus-like feet of the Guru. He recognized and accepted the Guru's word with great love. He took his permission from the Guru to leave, and he left going back to his residence where he stayed for about four days in Lahore, before, randomly, Shah Jahan in the court said, Hey, that minister that had been with me for so long, you know what, so what if he ran away from battle once? He fought many times before this, and he performed well on those tasks for the empire. So the emperor said this and then sent a messenger to go call that minister. He was reinstated in the court and even got a bigger position than he had previously had. The grace of the guru is such that it can make a tiger from a deer and day and night that khan was just absorbed in the remembrance of the guru so in this way guru Harguman spent some time in that region near Bias river to his heart's delight enjoying his time there carrying out this wondrous play sometimes they would go into the gardens spending the day there sometimes they would go into the forest hunting it was the monsoon season and all the vegetation was just colored so beautifully The thunder and rain from the clouds traveled across the region, making everybody in bliss. The greenery spread forth greatly. There were blister beetles, a type of beetle that comes out during monsoon season. They're kind of like ladybugs. They were all flying around. It was as if on that blue sheet, the blue mountains, there were these red dots all scattered across it from those beetles. The rivers were beautifully flowing with many waves splashing up wherever there were large clouds in the sky. And Guru Harguman was spending such a beautiful time there around Kortharpur. Guru Hargobin, who, even by reciting the Guru's name, all sins are destroyed. And that's how chapter 25 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how Guru Hargobin leaves Kortharpur and heads to a place called Rohilla. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalajaran Patreon page. का ढ़ड़ के गाउबा ढ़ड़ के खासन आड़ेगा तल्ला लाला मरेगा चरण परंग अटतरीगा गदगच करे जावे गुरु